Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Happy weekend. Happy whatever. Uh, Three and Out Podcast. I'm John Middlecoff. You guys know the drill. If you're new, hello, welcome. Hope everything's going well. Uh, Got a couple thoughts. Aaron Rodgers, what needs to happen this summer. Dak Prescott signs with a guy. I think he goes by Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh, and has a little thing called the Jordan brand. And, And I just... I, last year, I remember the world was falling when he shattered his ankles, and I learned this with Kevin Durant. I, I think we need to pump the brakes on the risk that star players actually have when playing sports. Uh, hint, there's not much. And then, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is the Instagram, firing those DMs, get read on the show. Also, putting all this stuff on YouTube, John Middlecoff is the YouTube channel, subscribe. Also, put other stuff there up there as well. If you're listening on Colin's feed, subscribe to the three and out feed separately. Listen there if you could. Helps the business and selling of the show. You guys know the drill. Also, reviews on Apple iTunes. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, let's dive in. Aaron Bleepin Rodgers. I think right now, really, I mean, they've been a story this week. Aaron Rodgers officially didn't show up. Jordan Love, you know, it's only OTA, shorts and t-shirt, having a good week. Uh, so some positive things coming out of Green Bay Packer land, non Aaron Rodgers, but clearly over the next, you know, 40, 45 days, whenever training camp for veterans in, uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin officially or have to show up will be the biggest story in the league. And then whether he shows up or not, will also immediately be the biggest story in the league and little, little background on myself. I am a sucker for mob movies. And I would also put drug cartel movies in there. Anything Italian mob, Russian mob, drug cartels in Mexico, Colombia, I'm in. I I can't get enough of them. I've watched from Narcos to El Chapo's to every mob movie ever made. I cannot get enough. You give me a mob movie, I'm there. You give me a drug cartel movie, I'm there. And one thing that always happens in these movies are sit downs. 
I guess that's how the mob rolls. Now, most businesses, you before Zoom, you had to meet with people in person, in, in, you know, right, face-to-face. Now it's a little different. Maybe they Zoom now if the Italian mob. But you get it, right? You, you meet in person. You sit down, sometimes with rival gangs, rival mobs, rival families. Sometimes, you know, the five families, you're in, uh, you're in business together. I'm not going to go on a deep tutorial on how that works, but, you know, we've all watched a movie or two on it, and they, they sit down together. It's actually usually how they get popped, right? They, they bug those rooms, they get the conversations, and then down goes Rudy Giuliani, Rico cases, but another time, another podcast. But the point is, in these sit-downs, you usually accomplish something. Now, people usually don't agree in those sit-downs. Again, this is just movies. I've never actually sat in one of these rooms with mobsters or cartel members, but you sit down for a reason. You're not seeing eye to eye or you need something to change, or you're going to, you know, in, in usually in, in mob interactions, it's raising the price, right? Or trying to get the price lowered. Here's what I know about the Green Bay Packers. Their relationship with, you know, a top two or three player in the history of one of the most famous franchises ever, you would say probably Reggie White, and then, you, I mean, in modern day players, it was Favre and Reggie White were the best players ever, Reggie probably, you could still say, is number one. Now, granted, they didn't draft him. I guess they didn't draft Favre either, but they got him after his first year. I think it's fair to say, just relative to Favre, Rodgers is a better player. He's had, just start to finish, the better career. You have to fix this. And you at least have to attempt to fix it. And to me, the only way to attempt to fix something is to have a sit-down. Now, obviously not mob-style, but a little bit like he's not going to want to sit down with you. I don't think when you reach out through his agent and try to broker a situation, can we come meet you in Los Angeles? Can we come meet you wherever you are? Bring your wife, bring your girlfriend, or whatever she's considered now. We need to talk. Gudikins and the coach. We need to figure this out. And if I'm the Green Bay Packers, if I'm Brian Gudikins, and I, this guy might hate my guts, I just know this. In a lot of mob movies, and you can say movies aren't always true, that's fair, but they, you know, some of these documentaries you get on Netflix or Amazon Prime say they're depicting, you know, they're, they're like documentaries. I mean, they're based on fact, and they have some people, I mean, I've watched enough YouTube, some of these guys breaking down what happened in these meetings, that it's contentious when you walk in the room. Sometimes having a contentious meeting is healthy. You know, I think a famous guy named Bill Belichick says there's no growth without any confrontation. There, there can be, you know, healthy things can come out of contentious conversations when people don't see eye to eye. And they have to do everything humanly possible to get Aaron Rodgers to agree to come to training camp. And I think the only way possible to attempt to convince them that, man, we're not trading you, you can do all this stuff, leak through the media and talk to his agent, you have to sit down. There is still a place in modern day society where we're zooming where we're FaceTiming and DMing. And I like all these as much as everyone. I, I literally run my life through most of either, you know, Zoom or DMs. So I, I get it. And I can be, and I'm sure many people listening can be very, very productive and do successful business deals through email. But there are certain situations. I think we often see these with a loved one, right? A significant other, uh, a, a parent, a brother, where you have a situation where you have to sit down with them. And I would imagine anyone who's had a business partnership for a long period of time where things get a little out of control, you have to sit down in person. And I think this situation with LaFleur and Gudikins, I would not bring Murphy. I would have my two football guys and Aaron Rodgers. And if his agent wants to come, that's fine as well. We have to get a sit down. We have to attempt... And I understand that people have been saying, you know, Gudikins and the Green Bay Packers aren't very good with feelings and aren't good with the human element of it all, and that's fine. I've, I've said for a while now, they don't teach you how to massage agent relationships when you're a pro, you know, personnel director. They don't teach you what to do when a star player goes rogue. They don't teach you when you're not a GM what to do when someone gets a DUI on your team. These are things, there is no learning ground for most big boy jobs in society. You learn on the job. And whether Gudikins 
screwed this up from the jump or whether Rodgers is overblowing the situation. It doesn't matter because the, the situation is what it is right now. And clearly, they want to attempt to win the Super Bowl this year. And I would imagine Aaron Rodgers does too. They have to find a way to find some middle ground. Even if it's promising after the season, they'll trade him. I, you, you almost have to do whatever it takes. Cross that bridge when you come to it. Maybe you have to lie. Maybe he comes back, wins another MVP, and realizes, you know, it's not so bad. They'll trade Jordan Love next year. But to me, the only chance to get Aaron Rodgers to show up at training camp, if he's adamant that he's not going to show up, which only he knows that. But as I'm sitting here recording this on June 10th, if you say, John, if nothing happens over the summer, status quo, do you expect Aaron Rodgers to walk through the building and ride his bike first day of practice with the veterans? I would say no. And we know, like for as big as Aaron Rodgers' story has been this last month, it will be 10 times as big if he's a no-show at camp. Because we know just in general, no-shows at camp, like Ezekiel Elliott a couple years ago, the Khalil Mack thing, Aaron Donald, those are enormous stories. They, they, they take over the entire league. This would be the biggest of the modern day that I can remember. If, if Aaron Rodgers, after winning the MVP and you know winning 13 games last year and losing in the NFC Championship doesn't show... It, it would be enormous. It would be hard for the Green Bay Packers to operate given the elephant in the room with him being missing. And especially with Jordan Love being forced to be the starter in that situation. But this is on Gudikins. This is on the floor. I would do absolutely everything to organize a sit-down. Now, some sit-downs, you know, I've seen enough mob movies. Some people get killed in sit-downs. So just because you have a sit-down doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers is going to agree to, to do everything you want him to do or vice versa. Maybe you won't see eye-to-eye with Rodgers. Though, you, uh, the Gudikins LaFleur side, should be much more open-minded with Aaron, even if they don't even agree with the things he's saying. But that's what's going to have to happen this this offseason. And honestly, if he says no, I'm asking him every day, and hell, I might just show up at his house. Because, you know, anyone in sales will tell you, just because they tell you no over email and phone, show up. And if if they tell you no when you show up the first time, show up again. People often ask me, like, how do I get this job? How do I break in? Be relentless. And this is a situation for the Packers where they're going to need to be relentless and and get in front of them. Because it's much easier to have uh, a one-on-one or a two-on-one conversation in person than it is to do it over text message, email, DMs, or whatever. Right? It's just, that's a fact. No matter where we are in society with technology, dealing with human beings, especially over, you know, serious stuff. You know, this is clearly serious to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, emotional stuff, financial stuff. You, you, you got to get out in front of this. And if they don't attempt to do this, which sucks, I mean, it's their summer vacation, but if they can't get Aaron Rodgers to show up, the Packers have serious problems. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dak Prescott, also known full name Dakota Prescott, signed with this brand. I think it's run or owned by this guy named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Some call him MJ. Some consider him the greatest player in the history of sports. I know I personally do. Uh, the Jordan brand. They paid him a lot of money. Dak Prescott now, over a 12-month span, has been paid a franchise tag that was $27 million. He got paid a contract that, listen, I think it's a little rich, at $40 million per and a ton of guaranteed money, I think like $120 million. And then this MJ brand deal, which I'm sure I think uh, Ravel or one of those type guys wrote that Highest money ever for an NFL player, Jordan Brand, even though I don't think that many NFL players have the Jordan brand. But the point is, Dak got a lot of money from the Jordan brand. Smart move, right? There's a big misconception in, I think, in the sports media does a poor job with this, and some fans too. Star players in sports, and I would include like top 20 quarterbacks. So star players and top 20 quarterbacks. Not just Peyton Manning, broken neck, huge contract, but just top 20 quarterbacks. They don't bear any risk when they play. They, they really don't, right? And I think the immediate reaction when star players, and I remember seeing it with Kevin Durant, who tore his Achilles in the NBA Finals. And the reaction was, oh my God, the risk. This is why players, long-term contract, this is why they get the money. With a torn Achilles, and he was going to miss a year, the Golden State Warriors offered him $250 million. He told them to kick rocks, sign with the Nets. He had multiple, he had, I mean, every team in the league off a of torn Achilles would offer to the max. Clay Thompson as well, torn his ACL. Warriors gave him $190 million. I remember several years ago, Derek Carr, starting quarterback for the Oakland Raiders at the time, they're now the Las Vegas Raiders, was playing the Indianapolis Colts, shattered his ankle. The Raiders extended him that offseason, gave him like $140 million. 70, I think it was $72 or $75 million guaranteed. Kirk Cousins forever, and the franchise tag is a bad thing. The franchise tag has been one of the healthiest things that ever happened in the NFL. It does two things if you're a player. One, it guarantees you huge cash. And if you're good enough to get the franchise tag, even if you have an injury, you're typically going to get paid after. And we just had an uh, example with Dak Prescott. Shattered his ankle. I was watching the game. I remember sitting on my couch. His ankle was pointing the wrong way. He started crying on the cart, getting taken off the field. I checked social media, every media member. This is why you sign long-term contracts. The the franchise tag is inhumane. It's un-American. And then, like we said, Dak Prescott got $40 million a year after the season, on top of just making $27 fully guaranteed dollars last year. 
The franchise tag in the NFL keeps stars on their teams. The NBA, which my, my buddy Ethan Strauss does a fantastic job, one of the rare NBA media members that will question what's going on and why the NBA has lost 50% of their viewing audience over the last decade. And he did this breakdown. He was on Colin's podcast, and he talked about the lowest-rated teams in the NBA were some of the best teams, were the Lakers, were the Clippers, were the Nets. And all of them are basically anti-franchise tag teams. They just keep stealing players away, sweet players, right? Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, the Nets, obviously all three guys. All three teams were in the lower, you know, 25 and under in terms of viewership in the NBA. The number one rated team in the NBA, Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, combined like 19 seasons so far on the Golden State Warriors. Do you know what fans like? Getting attached to good players. When you get when you draft a sweet player or sign a sweet player, and I guess for the most part, it's draft a sweet player if you're going to franchise a guy. You want to be able to keep him. Do you know why OKC freaked when Kevin Durant left? That sucked. And I don't blame him for leaving even though I was someone who didn't want him to come here. But I remember the, 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 just the, uh, the anger and the animosity when he tore his Achilles, how like the Warriors screwed him. The net, every team in the league was ready to hand him a max contract. Yet with quarterbacks, last year it was like Dak was getting screwed by the Cowboys. Not only did he not get screwed, he profited from it because he ended up getting the contract that he, ultimate, he ultimately wanted and he got the franchise tag money. Part of the way Kirk Cousins... You know, cashed in. He took two years of franchise tags. Then he got $85 million for the Minnesota Vikings. Then he got a $60 million extension. You know who gets screwed in sports and really in life? The little guy. You know who can't afford, uh, afford you know, higher taxes, uh, minimum wage increases? Do you know who that really hurts? It doesn't hurt Apple. It doesn't hurt Bank of America. It doesn't hurt McDonald's. It hurts the mom and pop shop. You know, who, you know who gets screwed when he tears his ACL in practice or a game? A seventh round or an undrafted free agent. They'll just replace him. You know who they don't replace when he tears an ACL? Julio Jones, Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey. Those guys, no, you stick with the star players. Those guys are basically injury proof. Think about J.J. Watt. He was a great player. He's a Hall of Fame player. Think how many after he established like his multiple defensive players of the year, he got hurt all the time. They didn't think about getting rid of him. Then even after like basically a decade in Houston, I mean, a ton of injuries, a team gave him $30 million. My point is not to say these guys don't deserve the money. I got no problem with it. But we act like when star players get hurt and if they're in a contract dispute, they're getting screwed. That is just a bold-faced lie. Star players, like a lot of big businesses in society, are basically recession-proof. They're always going to keep getting paid. They are the cream of the crop for a reason. And it's not always right, but the guy that gets screwed is the little guy. And obviously they should. They are much more replaceable than the high-end players. But this notion, and the media is terrible about this. Now, in fairness, sports business or the sports media knows if, you know, in, in my, you know, following them on social media, little to nothing about business. So I, I don't expect them to understand this. They're a very emotional group, but they are always the quick to say how much the star guy gets screwed in negotiations when he has to sign the franchise tag. Then consistently, that guy then gets paid huge money, or they freak out when the guy gets hurt on the field. Oh my God, it's career. Then he gets extended. It happens time in and time again. So this notion that the star players risk that much, let's face it, they really don't. I mean, they just don't. You know where I stand on these contract extensions for guys like Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. If any one of those three guys were to, let's say they don't get contract extended this offseason and tear an ACL this offseason, including Lamar, who's a run-first quarterback, wouldn't phase them at all. They would still get an historic amount of money. All three individuals. So I, I, I do think we need to change the way we think a little bit about this. When the fourth wide receiver gets his ankle shattered, that's a problem. He may never play in the NFL again. But when your top 10 pick, who's a third-year guy, breaks an ankle, eh, probably no big deal. They'll pick up his fifth-year option, maybe franchise tag him. He'll be fine. He'll get his money. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive into a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. I also realized I lowballed Dak. He didn't make $27 million last year. He made $31 million. So I, you know, just $4 million. No big deal. Rounding error for us uh, for us peons in life. Four, four million bucks. So 31 last year, 40 this year, and moving forward. Uh, I, I think he'll be able to, uh, you know, I was going to say pay the rent, but let's face it, he's, he's owning. Pay the mortgage. Probably several mortgages, maybe three or four if I was him. Love the pot. Came across on Colin's feed, and I'm here to stay. I appreciate you, Cody. Looks like he's a little cross player. I see some, I see some lacks. In his uh, picture. I was wondering if you've paid any interest into pro lacrosse le- recently, if at all. I have not. Chris Hogan will be playing in his first pro lacrosse game this upcoming Saturday for Canyons LC. The sport has really grown the past few years and now has games on NBC and Peacock. Would love to know your opinion about the sport and its potential future. I like it. Uh, knew a couple guys in college that played. I mean, we didn't have a lacrosse. We had a club lacrosse team. 
not big in Northern California where I lived. I, the guys that played were all from Southern California. I, I mean, I appreciate the sport. It's like soccer meets rugby, kind of, because you can blast guys. You got to wear kind of, obviously, a helmet. Uh, I, I respect it. I'm not, I don't watch it. I never played it. Uh, but I have a lot of respect for the sport. And, you know, Chris Hogan, who was, wasn't he a lacrosse player at Ohio State? Why Belichick, who's like a lacrosse lover, uh, signed him. So I, I, I understand. I mean, I, I'm rooting for it. Big time. I do think it's, it's a little niche you know, but just like, I mean, soccer used to be niche and now in America, it's definitely getting much more uh, normalized, the wrong word, but I, I would be, say, mainstream. I'm behind it. I'm an 18-year-old recent high school grad, and I have no clue what to do with my life. This is from Brady. That's a sweet first name. I might name my unborn son Brady. I'm going to college this fall, but don't have a major declared yet. I love football, the NFL, and sports in general. I love talking sports and think it would be awesome to make it a career somehow. Do you have any tips or thoughts regarding how to turn my love of sports into a career. Love the podcast. I love how you talk about things other people don't like the business side of stuff. I've had a couple people DM me like, why are you talking so much real estate and stocks? I don't know. I like that stuff <laughs> because I'm, I'm not going to talk about the backup guard. I mean, I'm just going to talk about what I like and I know what other people like. I talk about what I would talk about with my friends, right? Quarterbacks, coaches, money. I, 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 I've been thinking a lot like, what am I? I'm a football golf money guy who also watches a lot of baseball and uh, I, I have enjoyed the NBA playoffs. But I'm, I'm a football golf money guy. That's how I, I might put that in my bio. What, what do you do for a living? I'm a streamer, podcaster, football golf money guy. My recommendation would be this. You can do several things. First, you if you're going to a college, if you're a Division I school or D1AA, you can work for the athletic program whether you have to intern while you're going to school and just kind of get your feet wet, you know, doing whatever they'll let you do. If you want to do more media stuff and talk about it, well, when I went to college, I, I had a piece in uh, the Mustang Daily, which was Cal Poly's newspaper, called Johnny in the Box. It's kind of how I got my foot in the door with doing sports stuff. And then from there, I started working with the athletic department. I... Um, I started helping out the football team. I got an internship with the Chiefs and it all kind of snowballed. But I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do either. I, I was not, when I got to the NFL, like Howie, another buddy of mine, these guys knew they wanted to work in the NFL front office and be like GM scouts when they were, you know, 10, 11, 12. Like they had envisioned that. I wasn't that person. I, I, I would have worked in baseball, basketball, football. It just kind of happened. And then... I was a football guy naturally, so it just kind of organically, plus luck, plus it just, I don't know, maybe I manifested it. I don't know. But I, I, I was sitting right where you were sitting. And honestly, when I was 18, my first couple years in college, I didn't do anything regard, uh, revolving around sports. I drank and kind of went to class. That was it, like most college kids. It wasn't until like my third year when I kind of got bored with stuff. It's like, I, I need, I'm missing something. I'm missing a purpose. I'm missing my passion. So if you want to do media stuff, YouTube, Instagram, uh, podcasts, like start your own shit. There are a million platforms. Like you have a million options to do your own things. Hell, you could work for the athletic program and do a podcast on the side or do a YouTube page. That would be my recommendation. Just try out stuff. It's like I would imagine most people to get married, Right. Ideally, unless you meet your high school sweetheart, if you get married, let's say, in your 30s, you've ideally dated around in your 20s and kind of find what you like, what you don't like, right? A lot of people, jobs, like my generation, work several jobs because they don't like certain jobs. They quit, they leave, they get better opportunities. It's okay to not know, like not everyone is going to marry their high school sweetheart. Maybe you don't meet a girl in high school you fall in love with, right? Or college. Maybe you don't meet someone you fall in love with till you're 40, some people, they don't find out what they love doing until they're 50. You're lucky. You know right away. You already have the focus mindset. So just my recommendation would be try a bunch of stuff and find what works. Think about this. Like if you're listening to this podcast, I didn't start doing any of this stuff till 2013. 
2013. And really, I didn't get on air. I guess I got late 2013, I got on air on a radio station. I mean, that's not, we're not even a decade in. I'm 36. I didn't start doing that stuff till I was 27, 28 years old. So, you, and I think this is kind of what I'm good at. I was a pretty good scout too. But. Question for the podcast. I was wondering if the Packers would be interested in a trade for Jimmy if Aaron Rodgers end up holding out or getting traded. Looks like Rodgers is going to hold out. Yeah, I, I, why would they want Jimmy Garoppolo? They have Jordan Love. To me, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback, if Jordan Love just had a really good mini camp and an offseason, maybe the Packers think they're like, let's just go with Jordan Love. You use a first-round pick on him. Why would they want another quarterback? And I'd been saying that the Raiders should be interested in giving them Derek Carr. And obviously, Derek right now would be better than Jordan Love 100%. And they could try to win this year. But they did draft this guy in the first round. So if they were to trade for Derek Carr, send Aaron to, to the Raiders, do you, are you just acknowledging you just wasted the fucking pick 27 on Jordan Love? Like, that that would be a double bad look. You Wait, you're trading Rodgers, and then you're acknowledging this guy can't start? Part of getting rid of Favre was putting Aaron Rodgers in the game, right? Or make him a starting quarterback. And they were proven right very fast. But the reason that Ted Thompson won is because Aaron Rodgers was sweet. And they had drafted the guy. And they were ready to move on. You're not just trading, like, the more and more I've thought about it, like, I do think the Raiders make sense because Gruden would, I'm sure, want Rodgers. And Favre would help, or I'm not Favre, uh, Derek, who wears Favre's number, number four, would help them immediately stay good and make the playoffs probably. But like, if I'm a Packer fan, I don't want Derek Carr. Like, e- either roll with Rodgers or let me see Jordan Love. See what Gudikins has. Of the blockbuster trades that have transpired over this offseason, which of the major trades do you see having the biggest impact? Uh, I would say long-term would have to be the Niners, right? I mean, they traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance. So if Kyle Shanahan just got a franchise quarterback, that would be the move. Short-term, were they that? I mean, Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey were last year. What were the crazy trades? Were there, oh, Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford, 100% Matt Stafford. That that would be the one. Matt Stafford. Because I, I think the Rams... The Rams were not that great of an offensive team last year. Second half of the season, Jared Goff couldn't throw the ball. If Matt Stafford and Sean McVay see eye to eye and sling that pill around with Cooper Cup, Akers a stud, Robert Woods, tight ends, they draft 2-2, the guy that runs like a 4-1. Watch out. Uh, advisor at Fidelity here. Oh, see, I, I like smarter listeners here. Animal Spirits is a great listen. Terrific resource for your listeners who hit their favorite NFL pod guy up for financial advice. Completely agree. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just someone who really enjoys the market. And uh, I I couldn't even break down financials if I tried. I mean, that's, that's not my style as an investor. Now, granted, I'm not investing the farm in stocks, though I have relative to my I would say it wouldn't even be fair to say wealth. My, the money that I have, and what, what, how would you, what do you consider? I guess what, what, what I'm worth. Pretty large percentage invested in the market. I'm from Canada, and we just like the U.S. have been experiencing inflation. Yeah, this we're about to get deep here. In the past few years, it seems that teams are willing to trade more picks for a star player. Okay, we'll go back to football. Or a top five pick than teams generally would be in the past. Is it fair to say that the NFL trade market is also experiencing inflation? No. What I think it is, is that teams are just more aggressive. Like inflation right now in America is based on the limited supply of different things. Obviously the money that's been just printed out of nowhere, that's put into the market. Uh, the richest people have gotten so much money and these institutions have so much money 
that are able to buy up just hell. I mean, some of these homes being, I read an article about some homes being bought up in the suburbs all over America are from like corporations, you know, and I don't blame them. I mean, the thing I go back and forth on, I'm, I'm going to do a little recon trip in a couple weeks to Arizona is, am I better off? Like if I don't want to sell the condo that I'm in and I want to keep this to rent out slash keep an Airbnb it, am I better off buying a home in Arizona and moving there or buying, you know, a couple cheaper homes and renting them both out? I don't know. And part of it is like, when people have more money, they just get more aggressive. Part of being more aggressive in the NFL when it comes to coaches and when it comes to general managers, if I make seven, eight million dollars a year and you you give me, if I'm a head coach or a GM, let's say I'm a GM, and you give me a five-year contract at three million dollars a year, that's fifteen million dollars. And I had been living pretty well before I became a GM. Let's say I was making five hundred thousand dollars. Now I make three million dollars a year. The media also doesn't do a good... That's generational money if you're not a moron and can't invest, right? Now, one thing with generational money, don't you want your kids to kind of have to work for it? I love this. Like, my kids never have to work a day in their life. So you want your kids just to be deadbeats? Don't you want them to work? You know, there's a balance. Like, what, are you just going to hand your kid like $5 million? Like, is that going to work out well? You know, part of it, you know, you know, people, successful people work for it, but, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Ultimately, I just think it's aggressive GMs and coaches, and they're richer than now than they ever have been. They're not worried about getting fired. You know who's not worried about getting fired? Rich people. Fire me. Whatever. One, you got to pay me to go away. Two, I'm, I'm so rich, like, I'm not worried about putting food on my table. I'm not worried about paying the mortgage. Part of being scared in life, and, and I scared is the wrong word, but nervous when you're an employee, and I've been there knowing that I might lose a job, is what am I going to do, right? If you're making $50,000, you're always kind of on edge because if you lose your job, one, you don't have that much, right, in, you know, probably saved. You don't have the ability to live for a long time after unemployment runs out. You're just kind of nervous. Even if you make a little bit more and you, you have a family, right, the paycheck stop, you get nervous. Well, if you've been making millions of dollars and again, you're not a bozo, you can live for a long time. So it's easier to be more aggressive when you have more security. And these coaches and GMs have never had more security. Fan of the show. Uh, big Packers fan here. Uh, just wanted to see if you think my take on the Rodgers situation was kind of accurate. There's no way the Packers trade Rodgers, and I can't see him voiding $37 million. I think being kind of a diva, he is. He's going to hold out as long as he can, probably into exhibition games, just to prove his point. And then just in time for the regular season, He'll show up so everyone can praise him as the hero. I also think he wants to get traded. I think he likes his legacy in Green Bay, but he just wants everything his way. I think that could easily be the case. Is he a diva? I, I think most famous people tend to be have some diva qualities. And I think sometimes diva qualities just think, I know my importance. There's a fine line of knowing your importance and kind of acting like a diva. And I think we consider most people in that spectrum a diva when some of it is like, yeah, is he a little into himself? Probably. Is Does he know that the franchise might crumble without him? 100%. We all do. So like, is he wrong? Not totally. Is he making it a pain in their ass? Yeah. Did they fuck with him a little bit when they drafted Jordan Love? They did. So it's somewhat of a two-way street. And I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers defender, but the player I saw last year was an unstoppable force. That was as good as quarterback can be played. He mastered the quarterback position last year. Mastered it. So I, I, I do think he has, you know, kind of a leg to stand on and just like, hey guys, you ain't winning this without me. And he knows it. My name is Trevin Martin and I'm going to be a, a junior at the University of Nebraska and am looking to break into the sports media field. My major is sports media communication, and I have done a lot of play-by-play -play jobs in the past, and I'm looking to break into a bigger market. I'm a big Niners fan and was wondering, come next summer, if you will keep my name in mind with some sort of internship. Big fan of the show, by the way. It's kind of crazy. You know, I'm just a, just a streamer podcaster, but a lot of younger people, you know, I've had a couple Zoom calls with with. I say they're kids. I mean, they're 22, 23. Ask for internships. 
And it's like, I mean, I honestly, I don't have necessarily, I, I'm not even there quite yet. Uh, it's definitely something that I think about a lot, expanding what I'm doing and adding people and it's something I want to do. But just as of right now, I don't necessarily have that. But by next year, who knows? Maybe I do. I, I would say this. If you're a young, aspiring person to work in sports, I know I had a lot of people that reached out last year that had potential jobs that got canceled by Corona. One thing uh, my, my late father used to always tell me, and he, he's so right, is that you always think what's happening at the time is the craziest shit to ever happen. But just pick up a history book. Crazy things have always happened. And moments in society, industries changing, uh, companies getting wiped out, new companies starting. We're just an ever-changing world. And as things change, like I, I, I think there is going to be a huge, huge change in media and sports media specifically over the next decade. Uh, these independent companies are going to grow much bigger and bigger. When I was a kid, you know, when in terms of sports media, you, you got the paper and anyone listening that's around my age, 35 or older, but hell, even like 30 or older, when the newspaper came, whether you lived in the Bay Area, right, or I, I lived in Davis growing up, we got the Sacramento Bee and the San Francisco Chronicle. I didn't get to choose who I read. I just read what they gave me. That Those days ended with the internet. I get to pick and choose who I read. And then as time has gone on, like, listen, the consumer, we don't read as much as we do. Now we watch videos. So if I go to YouTube, I watch what I want to watch. I get to pick. It's like when I go to a restaurant, I don't eat the food they hand me. I pick the, the, the item on the menu that I want. And that is only going to get bigger and bigger because the consumer dictates this shit now. Forever, the company's dictated. You have to read this. You have to watch this. Now, if I don't like the game on TV, I watch another game. If I don't like any of the games, I watch a movie. If I don't like that movie, I go to another, I go to Amazon Prime, see if they got any shows. We got options. And I, I, I think if I was, and it might not feel like this, if I was a young kid in college, I, I'm, I promise you, I'm 36 years old. You guys are going to have so many options. And really, you can control your own destiny. There's never been an easier time to put a put reels together, put your own stuff on YouTube, put your stuff, own stuff on the Instagram. Y you guys have a huge, huge advantage right now. And I think it's natural, not saying that you're saying this, but if you look on the internet, right, it can be a negative place. Oh, it's all screwed. Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna be out on the street. No, it'll just things will change and uh people will have success. It's the way it always works. So just if you're a young person and it's been a crazy year during corona, be optimistic. I, I promise you the cream always rises in any era, in any decade. But I think this next there there are gonna be a lot of opportunities. They're gonna look different than traditional opportunities, but they're gonna be just as lucrative. And honestly, you're going to have more control over your own destiny, I, I think. Do you think we are in the golden era of wide receiver duos in the NFL? Or have you uh, have the rule changes in quarterback play elevated the position? Between Julio Brown, Evans Godwin, Lockett Metcalf, and of course, my Texans dynamic duo of Cooks and mm, Nico Collins, it seems like the league has never been more, never had more wide receiver talent. Yeah, I think it's just the nature of the progression of the sport we throw more now than we ever have in high school and in college we just look at the last couple drafts a ton of wide receivers have been taken really high they're all good immediately it's like it's like in the nba you're gonna see a lot more people hitting three-point shots the more you throw the better wide receiver play you could argue running backs back in the day were probably better right in the 80s or 90s you just ran the ball more in college now running backs are probably better now at catching the football than they ever have been Things just change, and you adapt, but I, I would agree with that statement. Long-time listener, keep it rolling. Portland Trailblazer question. We'll, answer, we'll, we'll end on this. What's your take on the current situation with restructuring the team? The team is on borrowed time with Dame, being on the wrong side of 30. What are the answers here? Small market equals small-minded. Well, I know he passed away, but they had one of the richest owners. And I mean, his family still has it in the league. Paul Allen has an unlimited amount of money. Now, small market equals more star players don't want to come there, less than small-minded. I think their problem is, and listen, Terry Stotts, they've just played the Warriors a lot. He's a good coach. 
to think that they're going to upgrade is not a fact. And I, I just think that one the fundamental problem they have, their two best players are tiny. The Warriors, for example, whose best player is Steph Curry. They always surrounded him with elite defensive players. Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. When Durant got here, he became an elite defensive player. Andre Iguodala is one of the more versatile defensive players ever. The Trailblazers have done the opposite. You can't win in the NBA playoffs if you don't play defense. Same thing in the NFL. If you do not play defense, you will not win a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champs. The year before, Kansas City started playing defense. Boom, Super Bowl championship. Their opponent, who was it? I don't know, the Niners. What did they do? Play defense. You got to play defense to win in to win in basketball or football. You could argue baseball too. You have to play good defense in the playoffs. So if you don't play defense, you can't win. Big. You can win in the regular season. The thing is, in the regular season, the NBA, it's never been easier to win. Most of the the regular season, the NBA is kind of a joke. Even the teams acknowledge it. The players acknowledge it. The Trailblazers, you know, I, I hate to say it. I wouldn't necessarily do this, but could you trade Dame Lillard for 150 cents on the dollar and just get a historic return and just kind of blow it up? I, that sucks. And I know he might not want to do that, but I, I, I do think you'd have to entertain that. I, I think that would be fair. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great weekend. Godspeed. Enjoy the sun, unless it's raining where you're at. Adios! Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.